I am super excited to be here this morning and I feel so privileged to be able to speak. Um, I'm going to introduce myself because I'm not sure if many of you know me, I haven't been here too long. So my name is James um, and funny enough I'm an officer's kid so if you ask, yep, thank you, we've got okays in here. I feel sorry for you guys, I feel your pain, don't worry. Uh, so I came from Newcastle about six months ago um, and I moved here which was uh, pretty cool, it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Um, and yeah, and I work here part-time and I'm part of our youth and kids ministry teams, which is awesome. We've got some good stuff going on and what an absolute privilege to speak, not only just today, but the fact that we saw Ty and Harry become enrolled as junior soldiers and the commitment that they didn't make to the Salvation Army, but the commitment that they made between them and God. And I think it's awesome. And the theme for actually youth this year is impact. It's not youth, it's impact. And the fact that they have potential, but they're also... Not, they're not about the future, they're also now. They can make that difference now. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I just wanted to say that because it's really something that's um, on my heart and, um, yeah, I just love that. So I feel very privileged to be here today. So if you haven't been here for the last few weeks, we've been going through a series called Selfless. Um, we've gone through the first week we talked about being bold in witness and stepping out of our comfort zone and how we can be selfless in that. And last week we talked about being faithful in service and how... We're not actually supposed to do service, but we're supposed to be a servant and how we can do that. Uh, some words that we've been throwing around so far this series are words like selfish, self-centred, self-ambition, self-indulgent. And in, upon reflection, I really believe that those are words, are something that really um, describes our culture very well. It seems like um, we personify this in um, everything we do and, yeah, our culture. Um, and when we look at specific examples, such as work, we have promotions, we have that striving, we want to get to the top, we can be uncompromising, and we push others away, our family members feel that because you're so focused on work or something like that. We can look to the sporting arena, we don't, oh, I don't really want to mention it, but the sandpaper incident that we all know, that shows that, that mindset of we do everything because we want to win, we'll do anything so that we can have that self-gratification. And it is these sorts of things that causes us to have that ambition. This constant striving to be number one and to better ourselves at the cost of others causes us, us to have such high expectation of what our lives should look like. Society feeds into that. So I've got some photos. Can I please have the first one? Is it up there? There we go. We've got the expectation, a firefighter, Fire, they look brave, look, he's ready to go. And then we have reality. Okay. That's a firefighter trying to get a young lady's hand out of a toilet. When we think of firefighter, we think brave, but what's the reality? They're doing stuff like this too. Okay, next photo. Expectation of waking up, beautiful. Oh, I'm so refreshed after a great night's sleep. Reality? <laughs> Who can relate to that, yeah? I think that was me this morning. Okay, next one. Okay, the expectation, that is a cake. It's Olaf from, um, what's it called? Frozen. That's it, and then reality. <laughs> Those were my baking skills. Okay, next one. Okay, expectation, what a nice photo. We think, oh, beautiful, so easy. Re reality? That is how she took the photo, into grabbing onto her friend. We don't know what's behind the photo. Okay, next one. Oh, look at that handsome young fellow up there. 
Okay, that is me on top of Mount Kosciuszko, the expectation of youth ministry and part-time work. <laughs> Look at it, I can do things like that and it's so easy, life is easy. Reality? <laughs> okay, you might be a bit shocked by this, but in youth ministry it means that you come into contact with youth and uh, youth sometimes have an interesting way of showing, I'm going to say it was appreciation and acceptance. Um, I'm not going to name them, but some members of the youth group decided that it would be good to uh, put some shredded paper in my office to make me feel welcome, which is pretty cool, and I thank you guys for that. But it's this whole idea of our expectations are way up here. We see it as this, but reality is really down here. Um, when our lives don't live up to these expectations, we become ungrateful with what we have and start to fall into the cycle of the grass is always greener on the other side. We want to be happy. We can put conditions on our happiness. I don't know about you, but I tend to fall into looking ahead. I put these conditions on. I go, oh, well, I want meaningful work. So I find meaningful work. Oh, I don't want meaningful work. I want full-time work. I want more money, I want this and this and this, and when I finally get to that point, I will be happy. Another example, this is a very personal example for me, I drive in the car park in my little Kia Cerato, beautiful car, I park next to Kyle's convertible, where's Kyle? There we go, next to Kyle's convertible, I see, oh, that's such a fast car, such a nice car, okay, if I get a better car, then maybe I'll be able to beat Kyle in our drag races after band practice, and then maybe I'll feel cooler and I'll feel better about myself. Is that right, Kyle? You always beat me? Yeah, yeah. It always seems to happen, and then that makes me feel bad about myself. But my expectation is I want to be there, I want to look up, I want to reach that height. But in reality, I'm more down here with my nice little Kia Cerato. There is always something that can make our lives better. And this causes us to have selfish expectations and an inward focus on ourselves and our own happiness. And this can even affect the way that we treat people. We become so fixated on our ungratefulness or discontent with our circumstance that we begin to compensate by making ourselves seem better. We give out that self-image. Social media is the perfect example. How often do people put up photos and you think, wow, look at that amazing date night looking over Darling Harbour or the little picnic mat as they look at the stars and those sorts of things. We see just the image of what it looks like and we think, Wow, their life is so perfect while I'm sitting here watching Netflix, eating Ben and Jerry's or something like that. What am I doing? But we don't know the true story behind that photo. We haven't been through the fact that there was an argument of, oh, what are we going to do tonight? Where are we going to eat? What do we feel like? And that goes on for a couple of hours. Or the fact that when they're sitting on that picnic blanket under the stars, they're getting eaten, eaten alive by mosquitoes. There's all these things. There's a reality. But all we see is the expectation. And that feeds into us. And that is what can cause our ungratefulness. So many times our expectations don't match up with our reality. So what do we do? We create this self-image of looking better. A perfect example of this, of um, the actual circumstances behind photos, is around Christmas time, my mum really likes to get a Christmas, family Christmas, well not family, a sibling, kids Christmas photo in front of the Christmas tree. Um, I hate it. It is the worst time ever, so sorry mum if she somehow hears about this. 
but every time before the photo, there just is always an argument. There's always something that goes wrong right before we're supposed to be in close proximity with each other. Mum goes, okay, yep, everyone, tilt your heads in, yep. Okay, yep, closer, okay. Now, right before she takes a photo, this is what she says every time. Now, look like you love each other. <laughs> I, I can assure you that we love each other. But there's this whole thing of what is behind the photo? What is the reality? But what do other people see when we send it out? They see the expectations, they see that, wow, look at that beautiful family. My family can't be that beautiful because they fight all the time. There can be a massive difference between what we portray and the reality of our situation. We can even do this in person. I'm not sure if you've ever been um, with a friend or someone and you meet someone for the first time and you know you really, the person really wants to impress um, whoever you're meeting and they start bringing out you know, their best stories, their best materials to make themselves look good and you start to realise as they get through the story, like, wow, that's really cool, I didn't know that about that person. And then by the time you get to the end you realise wait a second, I was there and that is not anything how the story went. <laughs> Who's prone to a little exaggeration sometimes? I know I am. Yep, Phil, okay, I can definitely see that. Yep. <laughs> but this is what we do. These high expectations promoted by society can cause us to fall into being ungrateful with what we have, whether it be our social status, we need to seem higher, be more popular, whether it be um, our financial situation that we haven't got money and we feel bad because look at these people doing these amazing things but I just can't afford that. Even the fact that some people might get more recognition for what they do in church than me, sometimes we can feel that resentment and go, I'm doing just as much as them but they're getting all the credit. But ultimately, when our expectations and reality don't match up, we become ungrateful and discontent with our own situation. It is when we are consumed by these selfish expectations that cause us to be distracted from God. So what does it mean to be selfless? Um, we've looked at being selfish. Being selfish is when we look into ourselves. It's we can't get past that. We're looking, what can we get? What can we do? What do we need to feel better? Um, to be selfless is to look beyond ourselves, to look beyond our circumstances to the purpose and hope that God has for us. The perfect example of this that I love is Paul. I'll give you a little snippet of Paul's life. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 to 27. So this is Paul writing. Five times I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Wow, it seems like Paul was in a lot of danger there. There's a few in a row. Uh, to add to this impressive list of circumstances that piled up against Paul, Paul had a friend named Barnabas. They would go on missionary journeys together. They have a falling out. Paul loses his best friend. Paul, in one of his shipwrecks, finally gets to shore, wants to just build himself a fire, picks up some sticks, throws it on the fire. What jumps out? A snake. A snake bites him on the arm. What else could go wrong? The locals of the um, island of Malta start calling him evil because obviously death really wants him because apparently only bad people get bitten by snakes. It's in the Bible, guys. No, 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 it's not true. How would you react to this? If you are looking for a definition of the grind, here it is, the perfect example. 
everything that happened to Paul. We might think that Paul's attitude might have changed because of these major setbacks. We might think after Paul's conversion that he's a young, fresh-faced new Christian. He's got the passion. He's ready to go. He's loving life. He's ready to do work for God. Then all this happens. How would you react if this happened? I can tell you how Paul react, reacted. He wrote these words in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. He wrote these after all these experiences. After these setbacks and struggles, Paul still writes of how everything he's doing, he wants to do wholeheartedly for the Lord. If we look at Paul's life even further, we see that he was a man of high status. He had a purpose. He had everything that he wanted. But he gave that up for beatings, persecution and imprisonment. If that isn't joy, I don't know what is. Yet he still says to do everything for the Lord. Why? Paul ignores all the selfish expectations of the world and looks to the purpose that God has for us. He looks past the fact that everyone strives to be popular. He looks past the fact that everyone wants money and is grateful in knowing that he has the true reward and the purpose that God has for us. If we look in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When we look beyond ourselves, we can finally become complete. The constant striving for perfection and the desires of these unrealistic temptations cause us, not, sorry, not temptations, expectations, cause us to strive and be incomplete. But it's the testing of our faith that makes us complete right there. It's my favourite verse. Isn't that ironic? When we become selfless and look outward of ourselves to others, we gain what we were looking for before by being selfish. We were looking at these expectations, always wanting to reach those heights, but never being able to. We felt that we were ungrateful with what we had. We wanted that, but when we actually become selfless and look towards the purpose God made that God has for us, we become complete. We feel that joy. In the midst of our circumstances, God provides us an opportunity to grow and experience true contentment as we grow closer to God. True happiness comes from being selfless. It is only through looking beyond ourselves and circumstances that we can grow and become content. It is when we understand that what our situation is, is actually a growing point. It is a chance to show this perseverance, to show endurance that we grow and we become better and we become happier because we become grateful with what we have. So how can we be selfless and look beyond ourselves to this purpose that God has called us to have? How can we grow in strength and perseverance? It's to be grateful in the grind. That's how we do it. We can be grateful as Paul was, knowing that whatever circumstance we are in, God is using it. He's using it to grow us. I don't know about you, but through times of struggle is when I feel closest to God. It is when I actually have to dig into God that I feel that connection and I feel that closeness. When times are going well, how often do we pray? How often do we rely on God? We don't have to. We can go through our own strength and we don't have to rely on God. Whenever we feel like life is easier under control, we don't lean on God. But when we are distracted by the selfish expectations that our society promotes and glorifies, we get lost in striving for this unrealistic happiness. But true contentment 
can only be found in God and being grateful in what we have. Be grateful in the grind. I completely confess that a lot of you guys here today will be going through a lot of stuff that in my wildest dreams I couldn't even imagine. I'm not trying to say that this is easy to be grateful in the grind. It's even in situations in my life, there's been times that are really tough and I don't have much life experience yet. And a lot of you guys would be going through these things. So I'm really not saying that it's easy. All I'm saying is, and when I've dug into this, I've looked into poor and can see that the only thing we can do in these times of struggles is to be grateful in the grind, is to rely on God. I'm going to finish with a reading from Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. This is from the Message Translation. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Do you want that? Do you want that in your life today? I know that I want it. I want the strength that isn't about gritting my teeth. It's not about doing my own thing, trying to fight there because as we've already talked about, we're never going to reach these unrealistic expectations. We're never going to be happy through our own power, through our own striving. I want the glory strength. I want the strength that comes from God. I want to feel that joy and contentment. Do you want that today? I want to be selfless because it is by being selfless that I not only am more aware of God and can build a stronger relationship with him, but because through being selfless and grateful in the grind, God's strength and character becomes complete in me. I can ignore these unrealistic expectations that consume me. I can be grateful. I can let the work of God be in me and be happy. But there's only way, one way that we can achieve this, and it is through in Christ alone. The only way that we can have this strength displayed by Paul is to be grateful in the grind, because it is in the grind that God uses us and uses our endurance and becomes complete. Becomes complete so. so in a moment, we're going to sing uh, the song In Christ Alone. But what I want you to think about is, what is your circumstance today? What are you going through? What are you striving for? What are your true expectations? Are they distracting you from God? Are they godly? How can you be grateful in the grind? And are you willing to hand everything over to him and trust him so you can be truly grateful?